0: You're listening to CARE, the resident experience podcast from WellBe. Every month, we chat with some of the best leaders in senior living to discover and share innovative strategies and perspectives that will impact communities for years to come. This week, we're chatting with Namrata Begaria, founder and CEO of Seniors Junction, which provides virtual learning circles to reduce social isolation in senior living communities. Nam, how are you doing this morning?
1: I'm excellent. How are you? Um, I'm doing well.
0: Definitely very, very busy, but nowadays that is a good thing.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: How have you been with Seniors Junction?
1: Well, Seniors Junction has been well. I think there's a lot of uh, traction that we got because of doing a lot of podcasting and a lot of piloting. And uh, at the stage where we are, we are just looking inwards and uh, redoing a few pieces because now we are in a hybrid world. Uh, when we started, it was a complete virtual So we also have to, you know, make sure the services match uh, the environment while focusing on what's our expertise, which is virtual program.
0: And when you talk about virtual learning circles, how did you get there? And what's the story behind
1: that? Sure. So um, 2000, 2020, December, my father was in the hospital for two months. He was a chronic, uh, he was chronically ill and being in the ICU, he was isolated, right? So the only time we could talk to him was 15 minutes in the morning and 15 minutes in the evening uh, with the video call and, and he was quite isolated and then he passed away. A lot of the times you might get the best care, but if you're isolated, your health doesn't always respond to treatment. And then after he passed away, my mother had a lot of a loss of purpose, you know, she was like, because she was a caregiver for so many years. And around the same time, uh, my co-founder and I have been really good friends uh, since many years. And he lost his wife five years ago to cancer. And so in the pandemic, we were supporting each other. I live by myself and he lives by himself by like, you know, like a daily fixed time check in and calling. And it was really a good support system for us. And we would do activities together, like, you know, online. Mm-hmm. So we decided, well, this is a real problem. And uh, I had noticed that when I used to do virtual exercises, and, and that was another parallel happening, I was doing online workouts so that I don't gain more weight sitting at
0: home. <laughs> Haven't we and all?
1: Yeah. And and so I I mean, I did gain in the set like towards the third lockdown, but first one I was pretty good. So uh, I had a lot of women join me and they were mostly women of 70s or something, because Mm -hmm. I had emailed some friends, do you want to join and they emailed their friends. So, with these three data points, my co founder's journey, my personal journey, and these women, and these women are like, I'm like, why are you coming for online workouts? Like, question. They're like, because we get lonely in the evening, and this is the best way to do is we can see each other and we can talk and exercise. So, I suddenly realized they're not exercising for fitness, they're exercising for isolation and loneliness and all this combined and given uh, my background as in digital transformation since uh, 2010 I've been working on health uh, like you know on digital health and I'm doing a PhD at U Ottawa, all this combines the multiple factors which made me believe that this is the right path for me. And then I did a little bit of markets research. You know, you go, go talk to people, like go mm-hmm. to the park, whenever lockdown would be open, go to the park, check out a few senior living. And then I really found that yes, there is a big engagement gap. There is a big, big gap and isolation is real. It's not imaginary. And it's also there for people who live in high end senior living it's not just for people who are living at home so when there's a market when the timing is right the product can easily be made and you know delivered so that's it i was at the right place at the right time with the right idea and with a personal suffering
0: yeah that's awesome how you're able to turn your own personal story and the personal story of your co-founder and the people you met into something really really powerful for other people yeah it it definitely feels like that's a big undertaking though jumping into this and providing kind of virtual connections for people yeah what what was the biggest struggle you felt early on
1: well it's an ongoing struggle it's (laughs) early let's I would say struggle has phases right so Mm -hmm. the first part of your struggle is your own conviction so when we started we were not sure what to give do you want to make them exercise do you want them to just talk to each other so and then we suddenly realized that It's not one size fits all, like different strokes for different folks. Like what makes me connected is not what makes you connected. So we realize it has to be definitely a variety. The variety is a non-negotiable, you know, Mm -hmm. even if you do exercise, the variety is a non-negotiable, which may not be the case for younger population, which might want to just do excellence. You know, they want to just do one thing and keep getting better and better and better. Mm -hmm. This demographic is looking for uh, a spread of interests, some of them just want to get an expertise in let's say some yoga or running or whatever but that's very few you know few yeah so the early struggle was getting the value proposition right and I from being from a scientific background like I'm very data-driven evidence-based and then Mm -hmm. because I've worked 10 years in the community I'm also very empathy-based so I'm combined empathy and evidence and today after 50 podcasts of our our own podcasts after talking to many many seniors of across all age groups within canada and some in the us i think we what we are offering is what is the right fit for the market not what we think is right yeah and the ongoing struggle is definitely digital onboarding you know mm-hmm. because uh, because whenever you interview you're getting the early adopters and that's not always uh, easy to find you no. know uh, they're spread out and the ones who are in congregate living are not as digitally onboarded because the age range is a little higher side Mm -hmm. and so we've seen those kind of things so there so it's 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 like getting the substantial volume for the business for sure Uh, uh, at the cost of acquisition which is digestible for a small company like ours i think that's my biggest challenge right
0: 100 percent, and i think we feel the same challenges right it it's always it's always bridging the gap between early adopters which are maybe 10 percent of the whole population yeah. as a whole and they're yeah. spread around everywhere but to really yeah. succeed as a company you need to target kind of in your and your product and service really needs to work for i think the 70 percent right in the middle right
1: yeah. The, yeah the
0: type that aren't adopters or laggards in any type of way so what have you what What are the strategies you've been doing to combat that from a digital transformation side because it's it's something that i think a lot of senior communities
1: not necessarily yeah.
0: struggle with but are looking at combating in the next coming years
1: yeah i would say um these are the basic three golden rules i think for uh digital transformation whether it's healthcare or senior living now mind you i am new in senior living let's say you're year and a half or two right Mm -hmm. but my entire career has been health so and I see a lot of parallels where the healthcare was in the 90s this is where senior living is now so it's almost like Mm -hmm. you know you can go back and borrow a lot of lessons. So I think the first thing is uh, for any digital transformation is what is your appetite for change management at the managerial level at an individual level because Mm -hmm. essentially I can give you VR, I can give you anything but how do you integrate that in someone's existing workflow so that's the first thing what's your change management appetite culture skills like like if you don't understand how resistant staffing staff is or how interested they are but the management is not so even though you're an external vendor you're going to get affected by the dynamic at play mm-hmm. within an organization so that's the first thing the second thing is really understanding the stakeholders Because the buyers, the ones who's paying the bill are not the users Mm -hmm. and there are different influences which affect the purchase. So for example, in senior living, let's say you speak to an activity director and they are on board but let's say their management is not entirely sure they want to give money for this.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. What is the way you can do? Okay, Can you give a blog for newsletter and can seniors pay out of their own pockets now if it's a high-end senior living where seniors are at a certain uh, economic level, they would definitely they would not mind it. And sometimes it's the caregivers of the the children of those seniors who are ready to do. So, cracking the sales in this business is hard. Mm-hmm. If you're selling seniors to senior, they do a lot of peer-to-peer buying, but those are the younger seniors. Then again, they are not congregated; they are living in their exactly. own home, right? So it's a it's like a, it's a hard it's hard work. Uh, what we've done so far to resolve it is we've started partnering with other electronic health record personal health record companies which have their who've started now diversifying into the marketplace Mm
0: -hmm. so
1: through that we get access to uh, their communities Mm -hmm. and then we pay like a flat fee for a cost of customer acquisition and the third part which is relationship building because at the end of the day we as vendors will be more successful if we have relationship, not just with their IT departments, if they have firstly, mm-hmm. but uh, but with activity people and also we need some champion seniors because you need to understand activity folks work nine to five. So the gap there's a gap in the programming we offer. So we've we nuanced it and we offer evening programmings. We don't mm-hmm. offer in the day much, afternoon, maybe late afternoons. So we try to complement the offerings so that we have a less barrier to say oh we're already giving them something in the morning, we don't need seniors junction. So we've really uh, narrowed how we offer trying to be very pitch perfect and the, for the seniors who live at home, I think many people have daytime activities like going to recreation centers or just even going for a walk. Mm-hmm. Typically we've noticed evening is when loneliness hits. Mm-hmm. So this is not isolation, this is loneliness and that's those are the people who are Some of them are ready to come online. So even for us, like uh, understanding who is this customer? Is this person isolated or is this person just lonely? Or is this person just proactive? Then either of the two. And -hmm. right now, though we wanted to tackle isolation, we're actually catering to more proactive people and they are the only adopters.
0: (laughs) Well, that's the thing, right? And I think our team wrote an article about this the, the other week, but the difference between isolation and loneliness is quite profound. Right. In terms of the effect on people, this like isolation has its own detractors, but loneliness is much more. You don't have to necessarily be like physically isolated to feel lonely. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that is key. Um, That's really interesting the point that you bring up, though, about activity directors and activity managers kind of working with their operations teams. Why do you think recreation is continually underfunded?
1: Well, I've uh, luckily, this question I thought about it well. So, you need to understand the two functions of recreation in my personal opinion one is um, and this is what I have noticed mm-hmm. one is let's say there is a family member or a senior who decides to move in mm-hmm. let's say um, senior housing A and the first thing that they are introduced to look at our re- look at our community we have this activity and we do this so recreation is used as a pitch for selling units mm-hmm. now the second thing is if you look at the uh, who pays, so the, the senior housing was created essentially as, uh, not senior housing, I would say long-term care was created as a extension of health care. Mm-hmm. So the mental model is the medical model that we give you care 24 by 7. There's nothing about engagement and uh, there's research which shows a senior in long-term care or nursing home or assisted living not the independent living, on an average only has 35 to 36 minutes of engagement in a day. Mm. So someone talks to you half an hour in a day, that's not talk, probably they're fixing your diaper, they're changing you, they're feeding you or doing whatever, helping you with things. That's very low engagement, right? And I know that because my father was in the ICU for two months and I exactly know when all he was engaged, right? Mm -hmm. I understand that. Um, The second part that comes to is, you need to understand the people who become uh, at the management level are most people with finance backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Their uh, their target is housing occupancy. Their target is not customer engagement mm-hmm. and also uh, given that their customers today only 5 to 15 percent even have their own email address. The demand uh, for engagement is like more in person. Mm-hmm. So what happens is you can get away with all this saying, okay, we give them some activities Recreation uh, teams, they have a very high turnover. Mm -hmm. Uh, The actual teams are paid uh, minimum wages or just above minimum wage. right? So it's not even Mm -hmm. sustainable financially. And so for me, this goes back to the argument of why hospitals don't care or fund nursing enough, where you know nurses are the drivers. There's also a power play. There's a power play the way you have in hospitals, there's a different salary for physicians versus the the, the other staffing, which are actually running your hospital. Uh, And I I would, because I come from a healthcare background, this is how I would put it. And unless and until the culture shifts to patient centered care or and here it becomes resident engagement, Mm -hmm. because you're promising them, this is your new home. Your new home is not, not a hotel, you don't need fancy chandeliers. The thing is those chandeliers and the staffing from hospitality comes because the idea is I need to sell this unit. That's what's Mm -hmm. going to get me my bottom line. Resident engagement doesn't show them their bottom line and the second is there is not enough good research which clearly shows them by engaging residents you can reduce the amount of care they need because their health will be better. Mm -hmm. They might need less uh, You know, they might get less aggravated, will need less of the nursing attention and all that. If you can show a clear cost uh, savings analysis that by doing an hour of virtual programming, you save 15 hours of nursing care per resident per per Mm -hmm. month, then there is an argument. So it's all about the money, honey, kind of a thing, you know.
0: (laughs) A hundred percent. And. I think we see that a lot as well, right, where people try to find the bottom line for it. And it's something that I know uh, the ICAA has looked into down in the U.S. Uh, a couple other notable uh, organizations have looked into. But it, it's clear in your head there is that connection, right? Like in a vague sense, oh, yeah. it, well,
1: like it's nobody doubts sense. it. Right? It's common <laughs> sense, right? Research says that uh, social isolation is as is more harmful than obesity and as bad as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Right. So if mm-hmm. that's the research, the thing is, you've not put a number and you've not amplified a number. I read another paper which said that if you, I think it said that doing digital senior programming, and this was a study by senior link linked seniors funded yes. by CADHI, which said that uh, digital programming, uh, and I would not say digital means everything is digital, a part of your programming is <laughs> digital, right? Because you yes. need some high touch points for seniors. And even for human beings like you and I, if we work two years virtually all the time, it was insane. It's So when I say virtual programming, is, it's to fit in a gap in your service, right? It's this gap 100%. in your staffing. So uh, it said that by doing good digital programming, uh, every senior community can save up to $20,000 per building per year. Now, I don't know where did that number comes from. I didn't understand it, but there are attempts to quantify it as a financial mm-hmm. case. This almost goes back to like earlier in my career I was doing employee wellness and
0: mm-hmm. when you
1: really had to explain people employee burnouts can cause you da, da, da. now with the great resignation it's uh, people understand it. So I think there needs to be a little bit of a vision mm-hmm. and I think the second part is even if you look at the what does the senior housing promise in advertisements it says uh, Personal. We will personalize your, like you know, personalize your lifestyle as per yeah. what you want. But they're not delivering personal lifestyle. They're just doing community stuff, right? You go, you do whatever activities are available. Whether it's a Bible group or a bingo or a birthday, you know, those are more uh, casual entertainment. There is some have uh, resident-driven book clubs, but there's very few deeper engagement. So is engagement bingo or is engagement five of them reading a book together or creating a project together? So it really depends on how are you defining it? Mm -hmm. Because if you're telling people we'll help you find the purpose of your life, I'm, I'm sorry, every of them is falling short of that delivery. And mainly because they're understaffed. And so if that's the case, then the best way is to partner with a third party vendor, which can provide those services and then, you know, create a business deal from there.
0: And I think it comes down to one the staff to actually provide the programs like look like we see it all the time right like you want to run programs morning afternoon evening weekends but you just have to make that choice right it's 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 not i can do everything it's i have this much budget and i either get to pick morning programs or i get to pick evening programs so that that's one of the tough sectors the other tough part is just the understanding which i think you brought up really well on the engagement it's different for every single community. And for a specific community with 50 or 60 people, engagement means a completely different thing than another community, even like three blocks away.
1: Exactly. Yeah, Uh, I think uh, the the size of the senior housing also uh, poses a challenge to their innovation quotient. So if you see the biggest chains in the country, whether here or in the US, they don't have Wi-Fi across all their properties. It doesn't work. There's Wi-Fi maybe in some rooms very weak signals. I can't even record a podcast with any activity person Mm -hmm. if they're on site. So I have to record the podcast when they're at their own homes. Two years post pandemic, they still don't have Wi-Fi. I mean, most seniors did use online calling or calls to talk to their family members. And so this is the basic uh, digital divide. Uh, Today, internet is almost so I'm not sure if it's already said, but it's almost like a basic human right. Mm -hmm. And digital uh, digital inclusion is a social determinant of health. Like that is a legit thing because that I read recently. So I can tell you like digital inclusion is a social determinant of health. Mm -hmm. So you're basically, you need to upgrade what healthcare services mean. You need to develop the vision. Once you come in our community, guess what? You're going to make friends. We're going to teach you how to use computers so that you can find new things to do because hey, you're charging them like a bomb. <laughs> yeah so um so yeah, so I think that's where it is. And it needs a little bit of a dialogue, a little bit of understanding that the generation that they have today are uh, are veterans or or seniors from the World War II generation. The next generation is boomers and the next is Gen X, which is almost you know getting towards sixty five in a few years. Mm-hmm. They are more individualistic. you can do uh, group programming community programming and get away you know so, so mm-hmm. you need to also understand customer dynamics. And as millennials age there would be a uh, different kind of senior housing it probably wouldn't be congregate It would be getting services at your home as you like it because the level of customization different generations are used to is
0: mm-hmm. very
1: different so you can't really uh, you can't do the service fairly if you're not thinking ahead. And that's really
0: interesting. Uh, I don't think any other industry really deals with this where they know they can see their customers change over time and they can see how it's going to change over time, right? Like you could literally look at like 35 year olds right now and be like, okay, in 40 years, like this is, they are going to be the majority of our residents, right? So exactly. we need to we need to move our infrastructure and our services towards something that really supports them.
1: Yeah, the way you have, like you know, how old data centers were there, you had those big buyers and things like mm-hmm. that, and people would go and work in internet cafes, and eventually it became decentralized. So, mm-hmm. I, in my opinion, uh, senior housing, senior engagement is going to be decentralized. The good big brands will start acquiring companies which can deliver in home. So I think that's the way as a business because well if you're good in something you're not going to start doing something you're not even have any idea about like most I remember we did a clubhouse summit I had to train every person how to use a clubhouse mm-hmm. first so I had set up 20 minutes or you know 15-20 minutes aside. so okay mm-hmm. go in the room come out raise your hand right and I knew that because as a as a person who's done digital transformation from 2010 I understand that training and capacity building is very important even as vendors so even though we provide virtual learning circles, we have to still give turnkey solutions or handhold them to get them, you know. Because yeah. let's say they'll tell us, okay, we have a TV, and can you do your virtual learning circles? Maybe, but I need you, your TV, to have a conferencing system. Because if some senior is talking to us, we do live discussions.
0: Mm-hmm. We can't
1: hear them, and then the then they'll say, oh, Zoom doesn't work. Well, Zoom doesn't work because you're not using a Zoom room. You're using a flat TV but just throwing content, so that's not live engagement.
0: Piece. Yeah.
1: And sure, you can show recorded TV and recorded stuff. And there are many companies which do that. So also we need to assess, uh, as Seniors Junction, we assess whether this community is ready for us or not.
0: Mm -hmm. And that's really interesting when you bring up that, because I've seen a number of pretty high profile companies that are really focusing on kind of recorded content or TV content as a form of engagement. I think that's really important, right? Um, like somebody might be up at five in the morning or Mm -hmm. at 11 PM when it just really isn't feasible to provide live engagement. Right. Or you just want to be with yourself and you want to be kind of, you just want to consume some content, right? Like we all have that where we need to go watch something or read something.
1: Streaming is a very, very strong business in this community. There are, there are businesses which have, let's say dementia friendly content or, um, Mm hearing friendly content or visual friendly content so depending there's so much of customization available and because their their mandate is uh, let's say entertainment or education or entertainment or whatever hmm. my mandate is isolation and loneliness right so my mandate needs if I tell you Terry okay you're so lonely why don't you listen to a podcast it's not going to help you you'll be no, like no it doesn't right it doesn't so you need to also go back to what your business is trying to solve of course we have to also educate the community so we are also thinking of you know what it is how it is so even from our side there has to be a lot of investment in social marketing education from top to bottom so we do that through our different uh, summits through 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 the podcast but everything has to come down to express points because you need to understand these guys are understaffed overbooked you can't keep engaging them beyond the point and then you also at the same time you have to start building the capacity of seniors themselves you know so it's not an easy task uh, I think as a business you need to be focused what is your delivery mm-hmm. like for me if someday seniors junction grows to the level that we have round the clock programming because it's And your global company because say 11 pm in Canada is let's say I'm from India it's morning in India right so if you're doing global programming it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter you can just join anywhere but for that to happen the senior needs to have their own device which has internet and they know how to use. Mm -hmm. that that digital inclusion is not there yet either they have the devices and um, one of our podcast interviews said that they actually had a staff which actually had to go around charging people's devices because they forgot to charge it (laughs) so even simple things like charging your device we have a long milestone but but if you set a vision and you work with senior housing as your partners and and understand their pain points and, and engage with them and understand that change management is a slow process. You know, so as a business, while they are your biggest potential customer, they're not your immediate customers, you have to get money from somewhere else.
0: A hundred percent. And those are all challenges I think we're all dealing with. And I think the communities themselves are dealing with. Right. Like there's so many infrastructure improvements that you see uh, from high profile communities all the way down to like single uh, like single home groups. Yeah of whether it's internet infrastructure or improved facilities and it's something that needs to happen in the next 10 20 years for sure i think that leads off pretty well into kind of our last little piece which is where you think recreation is going and i think you mentioned that already that it's going to go decentralized but when do you think that's Um, going to happen
1: well as the customer demand increases industry is always reactive it's not proactive Mm -hmm. uh, at least in this industry. Which means till the time you can get away, not giving it, just get away with it. You mm-hmm. know, um, some industries have to be early adopters. Some industries, let's say, if you're a tech company, and if uh, let's say another company is introduced, we are shopping, you have to do it like tomorrow. Actually, you should have done it yesterday, but since you still have <laughs> tomorrow, right? And in these industries, let's say healthcare, for example, look at healthcare. We still have fax machines in Canada, okay, and it still functions. You know, They only decided to start using email services, I think, in the, in the pandemic time. Yeah. The funding for telemedicine has slowly started being cut off again, and they're going back to the old system. Old habits die hard. You need to understand they're not getting reimbursed for this. They get mm-hmm. reimbursed for uh, nursing care, so they get the nurses. They get reimbursed for occupancies, right? So so you need to understand where's the money coming from. Nobody's paying them to engage the residents or go digital. It's an expense for them. Mm-hmm. And unless that expense comes with a significant return of investment, which we uh, vendors cannot at the moment prove because we are also just getting in this uh, space, then there is no point uh, for them to do this. You know, It's a matter mm-hmm. of numbers and they've already lost money because of low occupancy for the past two years, a high staff turnover, COVID crisis management, PR, a lot of money in the PR for COVID and things like that. So I think it goes back to, well, if I'm not selling rooms, then I'm go- the CEOs may lose their job, listen. So they're not getting paid to engage them. They're getting paid how much uh, rooms they have occupied.
0: For sure. And I think that would be the biggest struggle in terms of resident engagement, how to connect that back to occupancy, how to connect that back to wellness, right? Because you know that there is that link in your head but figuring that out and quantifying that link will take time. And I think it's it's, it's, it's coming in the next five to 10 it's years. It's there
1: in academia. So my day job, I work at the university. Mm-hmm. And so uh, academia and industry partnerships are crucial. I'm one of those researchers who try that. I'm still an early stage researcher in my career. So well, while in 10 years, you can see that there will be customized engagement. Like, for example, yes, some people like bingo. So you give it bingo. But as men live longer, a lot of men like to do different kinds of activities. So you would need you know, those kind of uh, diversification. Some people are introverts. They don't want to do things with group, but they're comfortable doing it digitally. You know, So they're all kinds of people. Not everybody is social in the same way and not everyone's isolated in the same way. Mm-hmm. And the uh, senior staffing also comes with limited expertise, right? So they come with, let's say, a master's in some kind of a or a bachelor's in some kind of a kinesiology or something. And that's one kind of engagement like what we have, we have retired professors, we have experts who talk to you on the topic that they work for 30-40 years and now they're going to talk to you about it so it's very different hearing from the horse's mouth. I would say almost like when you now go to a hospital, you'll see a hospital has a Netflix account or they have a tv and they've started accepting a certain uh, quality of care parameters as bare Mm -hmm. standards. So I think as the standards get pushed Uh, when what you're doing is not enough and you're uh, losing and people decide to stay more home and as home care is getting stronger with tech innovation like you can have companion on demand now you can have um, you know groceries on demand you can have so many things chores on demand when that shift starts significantly hurting the business then you will see the difference coming in so there's time because that's
0: That's the thing that I think will shift people towards moving into communities, right? It is that engagement piece, because if you can get all the rest, if you can get the care and you can get the service at home, then why would you move into this community that doesn't provide you anything and then you have to leave the comfort of your home and you don't have this. right? Exactly. I think the, the the leading communities are seeing that, especially in independent living where That's care true. is not as big. Yes. And then they realize, oh, shoot, we need to invest it. To yeah, to most
1: of them are shopping for vendors right now. Yeah. So what happens in the from the vendor side, there's a very small difference between what one vendor does the other and if they don't articulate it well. So there are tons of online video programming. There's tons of engagement. It's not like us is not the only company, but mm. then you need to see what what parameters can they affect. You know and 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 if that's what your resident needs or your community needs so there's also a big need to differentiate and report generate and give feedback to individuals to communities as a vendor because that's where your impact lies and if you can show that you know you are value for the buck like you know you're going to be in business and Mm -hmm. i i also see a lot of agglomerate like services getting getting agglomerated it's almost Mm -hmm. going to be like a consortium i i know we can serve everybody but I know whom we can serve very well, you know, so it will become like one of those. Um, let's say everybody doesn't listen to Spotify, right? Some people are happy with YouTube. So, uh, you know, eventually you will start differentiating. And since this is a new industry, even we are not that ready to say why we are better than the others beyond some points, you know, because we all don't have enough, enough numbers to prove that. Like I can say what I do, but that's me saying it. Well, hopefully
0: you'll find that competitive advantage soon and you'll be able to differentiate it with just understanding. But as we're wrapping up, if somebody listening to this is interested in Seniors Junction and they do want to learn more, what's the best way to reach out to you? Where is the best place to learn more?
1: Sure. So Seniors Junction has a website called seniorsjunction.com and uh, there's a contact form. So you can fill it up and it comes to my email and I definitely reply within like 10 minutes if I get the email. <laughs> I'm pretty fast. In case you don't hear it might have it, it it's just that i was doing something else but i'm very fast with emails uh, i'm very active on uh, all social media so if you want seniors junction we have the same handle at seniors junction on uh, twitter on uh, facebook on linkedin on uh, instagram and uh, me personally i have uh it's a the thing is i started digital long time ago and at that time, I never thought I would become a brand myself. So my handles are different on different platforms. Uh so sorry for that. But you, you can go to my website, nambratabagarya.com. That's where I've put everything in one place. So it's easy to find me.
0: And I think it's a fantastic platform. And it's a it, it's a great idea. And it's extremely valuable for the communities at the end of the day to not just be solving boredom through activities, but exactly. also to solve loneliness and to address it isolation
1: well the thing is uh, people lose purpose and if you solve Mm -hmm. these things people will find purpose we've created our own model for that which is on our website communities can download that how activities can lead to finding purpose again Mm -hmm. Uh, but this is what you need you need good health you need a good purpose and a good good set of friends who have same likings as you and that's how you can age better and i hope we can contribute to that
0: thank you so much nam for coming this morning joining the podcast my pleasure sharing with us everything you do hopefully we'll be in touch soon
1: sure thank you